Do you think that Cage Jewelers makes a lot of money at the very beginning of the year? I don't know why you say that. Because if every kiss begins with K, and you know people, you know, kiss Uh, on New Year's, and you have to ring in the New Year. (laughs) Welcome to the Altered Podcast. Will we honor God and the things he does? With your hosts, Hunter, Jessica, Ben, and Dina. All right, welcome anyway. to the Ultra Podcast where we honor God and the things that he does and gives most people headaches with our endless jokes. And today, we're celebrating the new year. We are. Yay! This episode Ooh. will that was air. Those fireworks. This episode will air. January 2nd. Hunter, question for you, sir. I don't have What has God done for you this week? Let's honor God and the things he's done. Well, I'm going to take Ben's and talk about Christmas. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That's all right. We both can talk about Christmas. We can all talk about Christmas. Christmas was cool. Christmas is big enough for all of us. It was. Christmas is awesome. Well, this year it was cool, but not cool because it was 60 degrees outside. It was 60, yes. Um, In Kentucky. But we, you know, we got to celebrate times with family. Lily got to really, I think, enjoy her first, like, Christmas, like, the first time she's really enjoyed, like, the She knows what it's about and the expectations and all of that. Yeah. So she got to bake cookies and do the Santa thing and Mm. really just kind of enjoy the Christmas movies this year. And she loves Christmas music. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yay. She was making up lyrics to Rudolph today, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. That's awesome. And I was just like. Because like there were some lyrics in there, I'm like, that's dark, <laughs> and I'm like, that's crazy. Because she was like, Rudolph hit Santa. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, that's not how the song goes. You just show her the old claymations where Santa's really nice. Yeah, man, I can't. Yeah, He's yeah. a nice old bald guy. But I saw um, an RC Sproul thing, shocker, uh, about Christmas on Christmas, mm. um, and then I saw Steve Lawson thing about Christmas that. I, don't don't roll your eyes at me, Ben. Um, but roll my eyes. It was it was really cool um, because it was just talking about how we don't celebrate a baby being born; we celebrate um, the in, the incarnation of God um, on this day. Not that just a baby's born, because people are always like, "Oh yeah, Jesus, this is Jesus' birthday," but we celebrate God coming to Earth um, and doing what He's doing. And then Steve Lawson says on on Christmas he was imploring ministers to please. Don't preach about a baby being born. Preach about the cross because that's the whole point of Christmas is pointing to the cross. And so it's just nice aspect of Christmas that, you know, not all of us think about. Um, so, yeah. Is that the only point of Jesus coming, though? I mean, the cross is obviously the paramount, My head tantamount. <laughs> but is that the only point of Jesus coming, though? Is that what the Bible says is the only point of Jesus coming? I mean, it's the big point of Jesus coming. But there is another point, though, at least one more the Hebrews talks about, Okay, which is that we have a great high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. Sure. So not only did Jesus come to die on the cross, yes, which is the the paramount, tantamount, the overarching, the pinnacle, the every, you know, the blah, woo, yeah. But if you have to make this many disclaimers, I think. That the- but also, <laughs> but also the other amazing thing, this is, this has always amazed me. It, it does. And so I talk about it often is an infinite God could come in human form, which is amazing in and of itself, 
But you also have this idea that Jesus came and he was not above our suffering. He was not above our temptations. He was not above stubbing his toe. He cried as a child, even though Silent Night says, no crying he made. Like, he actually did cry, you know? like. Do you he, know if he did? Um, so, the Bible says Jesus wept. So, yes, I do. Um, well, I meant like when he was then. born. Well, okay, no. But I could just about. <laughs> Jesus was a, was a human and... So I think so he's fully God, fully man. I think the point of it was though is that it's not just a birthday. It is yeah. the point of it is is that God <clears throat> came yes. down to take form of a human today. Yes. Like it is, it is that marvelous miracle that he did not have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Steve Lawson, I think, then was making the point that um, if you're preaching a if you're preaching a Christmas sermon. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's filled with the gospel because yeah. that's the point. But I, but the incarnation sure. is the gospel. Right. God came in flesh, died for our sins. I just don't think you f- can forget that. Like a, a lot of people think that that Jesus never had an issue in the whole world. You know. <clears throat> well, he got killed. So I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it's like people Big think issue that, number one. People think that Jesus came, life was rosy, and then he died for the sins of the world. The dude had no internet. I doubt. I doubt it was rosy. <laughs> I don't know. That could be a blessing. You have no idea. Um, but I'm just saying, the incarnation in and of itself is something that is a is an amazing thing for God to take on flesh. And to limit himself in such ways is amazing. Sure. So anyway, this is more. It's more than a birthday. It's more than a birthday. It is. Yeah, we're not just like yay. Although we and Kai often celebrate the happy birthday Jesus party. So you know, <laughs> yeah, fun. All right. So since you you spoke through my whole time, this is what you speak, and I'll just interrupt you. That sounds great. Um, sorry about that. You're so right. You're right. No, you're right. That, no, that was terrible. Man. I was so rude. And I apologize. I think one of my resolutions needs to be no, don't be rude to Hunter in particular, but don't be rude in general. I like that. I like that. Can that's, we get that written down? That's, you should really uh, shouldn't set goals that you can't. It's <laughs> probably true. Be realistic. Good. Yeah, be realistic. Um, yeah, one day at a time. It's how you eat an elephant. Um, well, I will go a different way than Christmas, though I'll weave Christmas in. I have been listening to books on Spotify. They're really good. I know you're laughing. I've been talking a lot about them. Those are called audiobooks. They are called audiobooks. I agree. <laughs> you should take a picture of Hunter listening to his Bible and anyway, post it on the Facebook. Audiobook. But, um, Do you hear what? <laughs> but anyway, so I've been listening to books on, on Spotify because Spotify can do that, which by the way, thank you Spotify for putting audiobooks on your app because I'm loving it. Um, Anyway, so I listened to, I just finished uh, The Warrior Poet Way by John Lovell. That was a great book. Um, had some life-changing moments in that book for me. It has a, it finishes every chapter with a practicum. Mm-hmm. And so it made me do some stuff. It made me confront my own humanity and my own frailty and my the fact that my life is not but a vapor. It is a vapor. Um, so that was really good. But now I am, I have moved on from that book. Uh, to I'm listening to the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, I love them. Which is so good. Which one are you on? I'm on uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Who you, reads didn't it? Read the, you didn't do the prequel first? S- some dude. I've I've read the first one like <coughs> the four magicians, times. whatever. The Magician's Nephew. The Magician, yeah. I've read that one like four times. So I know what that one's about. So I skipped it and I started listening to Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Even though I was like seen the movie. I've read the book once myself, but I'm going to listen to it anyway, just to kind of remind me of all the things 
<coughs> so anyway. On TikTok, there's some people that have made an old wardrobe, and it's got a door in the back of it, oh. and it opens up into an old school, like, English library with, like, a fireplace oh. and, like, books, like, old books on the wall. That's cool. Fun fact, uh, that was my first ever novel series I actually read mm. in high school. That's cool. Yeah, it was really good. It's they are good. Well, and this guy who's narrating them is really good. I don't know what his name is. We can look that up later. But anyway, I just today was listening on my way in the car, and I got to chapter eight. And chapter eight is the chapter where um, you know it's it's the four of them talking to the beavers, and uh, the beaver, uh, Mister Beaver, is like. Um, you know, Aslan, which is the representation of Jesus in the book, is a lion. And uh, it's not Lucy. It's the other one. Yeah, it is Lucy. It is Lucy. Lucy's the younger one. Who's the older one? Susan. It's Susan. But Susan goes, I would be quite nervous to meet a lion, you know. And and uh, she's like, is he quite safe? And it's that, that just, I mean, amazing line that says, he's, no, he's not safe, but he's good. You know, oh, man. So just... It's everything that, in some ways, I want to say about Jesus, but it never, I mean, it was brilliant, just the way that whole thing works out. Um, but anyway, in this, and I, I'm now in chapter 11, so I, the, the chapters are really short. They take like 10 minutes a piece, so I can listen to like two or three chapters as I'm driving back and forth from Richmond to Berea when I have to do that. It's a really good read aloud for students, too, because like you said, the chapters are short. Yeah, chapters are short. Um, and so anyway, so I am now to the point where uh, Father Christmas just came <laughs> and uh, they had Christmas. And, you know, they, it, it emphasizes in the book several times that the White Wish, one of her things is it's always winter, but it's never Christmas. Um, and so anyway, it's just not only has God given me a way to listen to, to books, which I, I really haven't been able to do so much so far. Um, but I mean, these books, not only are they helping me, but they're, they're just, there's so much good to them. But at the same time, now I'm, I'm listening to this, this Christian series and, and they've all been Christian books. Um, but anyway, I don't know, I guess just to honor God and the things he does, um, just the audiobooks have been really doing something for me. Like I started off with seeking Allah, finding Jesus. I've always wanted to read it. I've never made the time to listen to that one. And man, one of the things that what the big my biggest takeaway from that book was um, there is an an element of something I can't remember exactly, but it exists simultaneously in all of the states of matter. It is a solid. It is a liquid. It is a gas. And people are like, how can God be Father, Son, Holy Spirit? And he said he was sitting in his his science class. And they were talking about this thing that is simultaneously all three elements at once. And it made him realize that the Trinity is even possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, warrior poet way, like you move on to like, you know, it confronts you with this thing that, you know, you're, you're, you've got to live for truth and, and, you know, you're, you're, oh man, it's so good. And now I'm on this Narnia series and it's just God's doing cool things through um, this thing that Spotify didn't even intend to do probably, which is give me Christian books to listen to. So people hate on audiobooks, and I love them. Yeah, man, I do too. Because when you're driving, as long as you have someone who actually is good at reading the book. Well, so far it's been you know, um, the authors, except like, for the Chronicles. Of like, the one on Audible <laughs> is like Kenneth something. I th- I'm pretty sure, but it's not. But there, if we in the, for the seven books, there's seven different readers. Oh, on, are on Audible. Okay. No, I don't know about if they use the same people, <clears throat> but my thing is, is like I, I did the audiobook series through uh, Hunger Games. Gotcha. And she read that monotoned. Oh mm. no! How could you do that? But 
the book is so good. Yes. After about the first chapter, you don't even care. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like, it was whatever. Yeah, I struggled through the first chapter, but. Yeah, actually you reading, like you listening to audiobooks so much kind of helped me. And then Dina too, where you do the library thing with, like both of you all really helped me with that. Because, you know, before I was a, bu- a book purist, real books have pages, you know. Um, well, and then a lot of times your public library will have a huge access of books. We do books. in Richmond. Like Madison County has a great one. Um, and there's so many books available on there. So yeah, if and you're not, if you're not a library member, you should go and sign up. Yep. <laughs> and it is Kenneth Branagh yeah. and Alex Jennings and Derek Jacoby and Jeremy. Anyway, there's a bunch of yeah. them. Yeah. But right now it's Kenneth Brat and he's good. When I uh, was an elementary librarian, a website that I would use all the time because it has videos up on it. Storyline Online has celebrities reading picture books to kids oh, like Dolly Parton cool. and um, like so many others That's like cool. popular ones that kids would recognize hmm. uh, so really cool as much as I'd love to sit here and talk about audiobooks <laughs> we really need to move on yeah, yeah continue on sorry that is Dina like, get it what I'm all about um, so what God has done for me this week is so I had another checkup appointment on my foot and I do not have to wear the big, huge honking book that, or book, <laughs> boot that, uh, the Velcro would go everywhere I went. So now I can wear my tennis shoe again. Mm-hmm. And except for, I have like two braces now that I have, but at least it's not that huge honking boot. And, um, so I had an MRI done and good news. Well, I don't know. They said there was a lot of things going on, but the things that they were the most concerned about was like three of the, uh, are they ligaments? Yeah. Um, cause their main concern was with my foot being so swollen and for as long as it was, was that I had tore something completely, but I had not torn anything completely. Three of the major tendons are torn some, so that's why I have this ankle thingy on still. So, but yeah. What has God done for you in that? Uh, he kept it from being torn all the way and having to have surgery. Yeah, definitely. So, and it's not painful. Like they kept asking me, are you sure you're not in a lot of pain? And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And they try to prescribe me some sort of like pain uh, it's an arthritis medicine, which I think is funny. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, number one, I'm pretty sure I don't have that. But, like, then I read the side effects of that, and it was awful. Like, I would rather have arthritis, I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. But it, wasn't it awful? It was. If you take it, I think, three days a week, it can... Um, Greatly increase your chances of a stroke or heart attack. Yeah. Well, I mean... No need for your foot to hurt if you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yep. So anyway. So and so far my foot hasn't hurt. So yeah. So no need to take the medicine. I, d- I think I'm all right. Well, yeah. the Lord has blessed you. At this time, we, I just want to say we will finish Exodus in this year. Um, I promise. Probably next week. That's the plan. Well, we won't finish it next week, but we'll go back to it. Okay. But because we're just this Mount Sinai. Oh, you know else. what? Next week. Never mind. We will what? be here. You may have to do it on your own, because we'll be at Salt. But oh, we yeah. could do it later. 
I'll find somebody. There you go. Something. We'll be back Friday. Well, anyway. We'll figure it out. Pastor Chris, I need yeah. help. <laughs> help me with Exodus. We could do it Saturday or something. We could. Anyway. All right. So, um, <clears throat> you have to edit that last little bit out. But. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but, so we will finish Exodus at some point. But today, Dina has to celebrate every holiday. So, it is New Year's. Dina. So we will be talking about uh, New Year's resolutions, how to have a resolution that will honor God in the things that he does, and we're going to apply a little bit of the Bible to it, and then we will talk about our New Year's resolution and the podcast's New Year's resolution, and then we're going to go to bed. <laughs> and that's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go home first, just so you know. All oh. right, Dina, tell us some history about resolutions. All right, so I love talking about holidays, obviously. What? <laughs> Surprise. Shocker. Um, but I do, and hang on, there it is. Okay, so I always find it interesting to look back on the history of how we ended up with all of our holidays. Um, and New Year's resolutions has been something that I've always heard people talk about, I just feel like it's been done forever. And it literally has been. So New Year's resolutions have, like they have historical facts of it somehow, dating back 4,000 years ago with the ancient Babylonians who they technically started their New Year's like mid-March-ish with the crops and new harvest, like, and then the harvest would be like the end of the year or whatever. So, um, but they would do more of their resolutions toward their gods or deities. And so did um, uh, Julius Caesar around 46 BC. He started playing around with um, tinkering around with the uh, calendar. And also it, it went along with his Roman gods or whatever. And so then it, I found this article on the history channel that talked about how, um, early Christians, um, also have also done the whole new year's resolution thing as well. And if you think about it, it's kind of like starting fresh, like the elementary teacher in me thinks about how, um, they have like the rainbow system or like the little raindrop system for children. And each day that you walk in, your little clip goes back to green or to the safe zone. The happy you know? cloud, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and there's a lot of research done too um, on some other articles that I read that spoke about um, creating a New Year's resolution releases a lot of good dopamine in your brain whenever you actually do follow through with your resolutions. Mm. And so I think it's interesting that we do that around New Year's because January and February and sometimes March tend to be those months that are just dead. Seasonal like, depression. Yeah. Yes. Those are my least favorite months because there's, I mean, Valentine's Day is cool, but there's no really no great holidays. like Jessica's birthday. <laughs> Christmas. Well, I mean, that's December, though. Oh, you're talking about January, February, March. Right? Yeah. President's Day. <laughs> yeah, President's Day. I don't get that day off. So. <laughs> Surprisingly, um, yeah. But yeah, so there's really no great holidays. There's nothing really to look forward to except Snow. for summer. Well, and that's been disappointing lately, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody give Dina some hot chocolate and a 
Candy cane. Book and she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in 1740, an English clergyman, John Wesley. Yeah, buddy. So if anybody doesn't know who that is, he is one of the founders of Methodism. Anyway, he uh, created this thing called the Covenant Renewal Service. And that's where um, it would be typically held on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Um, And these were also known as watch night services, which I have heard that term before. Um, That's basically where you stay up all night praying and singing hymns and uh, ringing in the New Year that way. Well, you don't have to you don't have to stay up all night. Like my mom and papa go to watch service. But, and they're up until like one or two. And then yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to stay up till like five in the morning. Yeah. Because <clears throat> then it would be a sunrise service and there would be breakfast involved. But <laughs> that's what the Baptists do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Easter. But um, no, so this is where you'd stay up all night and uh, do that. So I thought that was really cool um, how it talked about that. Then it goes into the, uh, there was this other article where it talked about how for the most part, until just real recently, 1900s, New Year's resolutions was more of connecting with your deity, connecting with your God. The ancient Babylonians 4,000 years ago would make some sort of promise to their deity on, hey, if I do this, will you like try to give me a really great crop this year? Um and that would be really great. Thanks, you know. And so they would try to work toward appeasing their God, so to speak. Um, in the article that talked about Christians, they would make some sort of promise that they were going to read their Bible more. They were going to do more service projects, do things for other people. And then now that it's like in the 1900s, a lot of these New Year's resolutions are all about ourselves. Um very self-serving things like self-improvement, working out, what can I do for me? Not what can I do for others? Yep. So that begs the question, what were our New Year's resolutions last year? I know what mine was, which I think Hunter and I kind of had the same one. Hunter, what was yours? Uh, Be more healthy. Yep. Yeah, mine was to be more health conscious as well. Um, Mine was to travel in an airplane to somewhere new that I never had been before. She yep. is so proud of that. She is. Because so <laughs> I did it. Yeah. <clears throat> she has the dopamine because she did it and she did it well. You did really well. <clears throat> you did. You lost mm-hmm. a ton of weight. You worked out quite a bit. Um, I did not do as well on mine. I was more, which my, my general thing was I wanted to increase my attitude towards health and, and think about it more. Which I did do that. However, I didn't lose a single pound last year from like beginning to end. Zero, zero pounds lost. So I don't know if that counts or not. But if you think about all of our resolutions, we fit the typical Western mold of they are all me-centered. Um, so, yeah. So I was listening to this, this podcast today and it was talking about, and this kind of ties back into what Dina was saying. It was talking about <clears throat> how in this new year... Um, how often do we make resolutions that are that are us centered, and how often at the same time do we go before God in the same manner? We we go to church, and you know, have have you ever gone to church? Well, gosh, I have to go to church today. I could stay in my bed, which is nice, 
I could sleep, which would be great. You know, do I go to church and like, you know, the the song choice? I'm like, have you ever walked out of worship, which we have done? I felt convicted. Have you ever walked out of worship and been like, you know, worship just wasn't real great today? And he was talking about how like that in and of itself is an oxymoron. Because if you if you look at worship, <laughs> you know, from a like a Jesus, you know, like from a Bible perspective, you know, none of the angels ever walk out of the Isaiah six throne room of God and go, you know, I don't think worship was so great today. You know, it just we were we were just like flying back and forth, screaming out praises and like the the pillars of the temple shook and like smoke and ah and God who dwells in unapproachable light was right there. I I did a call to worship. Not to, I don't know if you all was there that day. I uh, at the holidays, you guys have a lot of family. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I feel like it was like in November. But I, I stood up there, and just people from our church who listen to this, so it's all right. Uh, <laughs> but I stood up there, and then to do the call to worship. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the very first thing in our order of service. Yeah. Um, it goes along with our welcome. And, like, so, I, I mean, I'm fairly young, 25. So, like, when I was coming up in church... The era of reverence in the sanctuary was starting to be on a decline, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. You guys grew up where you didn't run or mom beat you with a shoe. Yep. No no water in the sanctuary, yep. right? I mean, people know There were coffee. no food or drinks. Yeah, right. Yeah. So You could have the peppermints. Yes, and that was it. <laughs> and and that was just to get you through. Yes. You had to have the tissues because you were going to cry. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I was on the downswing of that. Yeah. <clears throat> but... Man, so like I was just up there, had the Bible open, and like everybody's still up talking, whatever. And I, even after you speak, it's still that way. Yeah. And I, I mean, you do that. And something inside of me wants to explode. <clears throat> and then the football coach wants to come out. <laughs> you want a grandmother face mask and drag her through the mud. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, hey, shut up. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> but so I was like, it was not what I had planned to do for the day. Mm. Um, and I was, so I flipped to Isaiah 6. And then I asked the question. I said, what are we here for? And nobody answered. Mm. And then, because people are still talking. And then I asked it again louder. And again, I don't know if you all was here that day. Mm. I don't um, think so. And I asked it again louder. said something. <laughs> and nobody answered but Connor May, who was playing the keyboard mm. behind me. And, and I said, what are you here for? He said, to worship God. I was like, well, maybe we should start acting like it. <gasps> <laughs> and then I read Isaiah six. I said, so I'm going to ask you a question. Whenever you woke up this morning, did you, was you prepared mm-hmm. to sit in here in the audience of God? Yes. And like, yeah. So like everybody looked like they just got beat. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I felt kind of bad. And then I didn't know the worship set either. So then we had like, like a, only a holy God. And then like, so it was all holy songs. And I was like, well, that kind of fit. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't feel as bad now, but yeah. So, it, but the thing of it, the matter of it is that we do not enter uh, even church on a Sunday morning with the anticipation to um, sit in the throne room of God, sit in the audience of God. Mm-hmm. We go to church to say, "What what can God do for me today?" Mm-hmm. That's what either we that or do. what friends am I going to see and right. where are we going to eat after what church is over? I, what yeah. you know, I'm going. What, basically, I'm attending my social club. Yeah, and you are in the audience. You are coming to meet God. Um, yep. in, in an audience of believers. Yep. And we do not think like that. And I'm guilty of that too. When we come and read the Bible, our Bibles are open now. Mm-hmm. We're going to be reading from the text. You want to hear God talk in an audible voice, you read your Bible aloud. You mm-hmm. know, this is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And 
how often do we take it for granted? I mean, yeah. so it's definitely that thought process is there. How often do we pray? And we just, it's right. like we just throw words out there and we don't expect, we don't act like we're actually speaking to someone. <clears throat> right. You know? Yeah. And so the passage that, that Francis Chan, you know, the whole sermon was talking about um, was Luke seven thirty six. And so Dina, do you have that? I do. Will you read 36 through 39 for me? One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Yep. And so how often do we go into church and we, you know, compare ourselves to Susie, the, you know, the woman the what? of the what the hoe um <laughs> the woman of of ill repute right like how often do we go in and we you know on the way to church you you like okay we often go to mcdonald's um on the way to church on sundays and it doesn't matter whether you go to the berea mcdonald's that we usually go to or whether you go to the mcdonald's over by kroger that we have started frequenting when we come from our, our father-in-law's but my father-in-law's not her father-in-law <laughs> <laughs> my father-in-law's um it doesn't matter which one there's always homeless people outside of either one of the mcdonald's um and it just it's one of those things where i hate to say it but in some ways i default to a judgmental spirit you know like they're standing there and they're like, hey, would you give me something? But I'm like, hey, I can't. I'm not giving to somebody who's going to go spend it on drugs. I can hear my, my mother say those words from when the time I was a child, you know. So you're blaming uh, your mom. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm I not. got it. I'm she- not. But like, it was just like, that's like the thing I default to. And, um, you know, when I think about it and like, I hate to say it, but like face tat, like people who have face tats, like. I have a tendency to go, those people must be the worst pe-. you know, like, but you go and talk to some of those people and there's some of the nicest people ever. Some of them are not, some of them are, um, you know, but it's just like anything else. Like how often do I default to a judgmental spirit when all of us are sinners who are saved by grace? And this woman got that. So she comes into the presence of Jesus and number one, he's at a Pharisee's house. So she had to walk in amongst the uber religious, uber holy quote unquote people, of the day and so number one it didn't matter who was around but she was there to show her thankfulness to this this god who saved her i want to know how she got in like <laughs> she should walk in well, the thing they is, don't even really notice her until she's like down in his feet yeah and the pharisees live on a different side of town you think yeah. so like there it's it's like a segregated mm-hmm. they live together like in this, they lived in a community like a gated yeah. community yeah and so it Definitely, like even like if you look at uh, Matthew, when we hear the story about Matthew, he lives with kind of with them in the sense, kind of, I mean not, but on the more rich side of town, mm-hmm. um, and so it was definitely segregated from probably where she was from. Maybe, probably. We don't know. We don't but. know. Probably, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's it's it, like she would have had to have worked to get there. Um, and then she brought an alabaster flask. Yeah, which is a. Correct me if I'm wrong. It is a like crystal clear, this <clears throat> very high perfume uh, uh, 
container yeah. that would hold very costly oils or perfumes. Probably a year's worth of wages. Yeah. If not more. And if this woman is a sinner, you know, if she is the person that it kind of implies her to be, which if she's a prostitute, and that's the kind of the implication, then what you're seeing probably is that she purchased this thing with her prostitute money, you know, and this ointment that's in there, she's probably using to further that cause. Right. Right. So she brings this thing and, you know, we think about it as this costly gift, Right. but if she is, and it depends on who you read and how, you know, some people, they say that, that this, there's actually two different women in two different places. So there's two different events of this happening. Um, it makes sense because if you look at some of the details, some of the details don't line up. Um, you know, one of them was Mary Magdalene. One of them was an unnamed woman, you know, who knows? Um, but regardless of who it is, if she is what is implied, which is, it makes her sound like a prostitute, at least she is a, uh, what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. That's what it says. You know, more than likely then she is bringing this gift to Jesus and it is not only is it a gift that's very costly and she's anointing him as a, a way of saying, thank you for what you've done for me. But it's also this way of almost kind of declaring that, hey, I'm leaving this life behind because of this that you've done for me. So this is a not only is it a representative of a really expensive gift, which is super important in and of itself, but it's also representative of a 100 percent change in her life from what she was to what she is going to be because of the work of Jesus in her life. That's yeah. big. And I would say that the, just the caveat, um, the accounts are probably two different women because mm-hmm. if you look in Luke eight it is the cat is the calling of Mary Magdalene. <clears throat> yeah. And that's when she gets released from the seven demons. Yes. Things like that. So yes. it, it would makes sense. It would seem, yeah, that there are two different events though. You're like, how could this happen twice? Well, Three years of ministry, you know, there, yeah, there's a lot of things, you know, you know, you, you see everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it probably, I lean t- more towards the two different events. Some people say, no, it's just somebody got a detail. Like they remembered it differently than another person did, but they could be the same person. Who knows? Yeah. doesn't matter. The point is I could do kind of lean towards two different events, but if this woman is who it kind of implies her to be, which is a prostitute, you know, not only is she giving Jesus probably the most costly thing that she owns but it is also like this thing where she's going hey i'm i'm completely removing this part of my life which has been the only source of income i've ever had kind of thing so how do we reconcile this to a new year's resolution well so how do we reconcile it just in the church sure we we look at jesus as more than just an accoutrement Mm-hmm. We look at Jesus as the thing that changes our life. And if I like the way that uh, David Pawson says it, he says, God is my boss. So I'll do what he says. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really simple, but that also means that if, if, if Jesus asks you to do something, you do it. Right. If he asks you to go be a missionary and um, giggity, um, giggity, baba, you do it. Um, if he asks you to be really uncomfortable in front of really religious people, you do it. Do things you don't like. Do things you don't like. Do things that make you unpopular. Do right. things that make you uncomfortable. Do things that make you march halfway across town or all the way across town with a jar of something that's super, super, super expensive that you may not want to give up because you don't want to give all that money. Mm-hmm. It's ironic, by the way, that Judas is the one who's like, why did she break? Well, this is a different story. Probably the other story that is not this one. 
But, you know, Judas is the one who speaks up, and it says that he's a thief in John, and he just wanted to take the money for himself because he wanted it to go in the treasury. He's not bitter at all. Yeah, he's. <laughs> but it's funny that Judas is the one who will later betray Jesus, who's like, why don't we sell that and give the money to the poor? And how often do we do that in church? Oh, why don't we just, you know, anyway. Right. Well, and again, is uh, I say this, and I'm going to say it all 2024 and all 2025. <laughs> and for the rest of your days. Right. And no, it's not Ephesians 2. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, but what it is is that you have you have to have the view of self, that uh, the correct view of self in your position of God. And that what it is is that you are you understand that your pride goes out the window. Mm-hmm. And we still battle this every day. Mm-hmm. That your pride... Um, this woman had no pride. Mm-hmm. She she it, it, she literally left it at the door. Yeah, um, she had to go grab probably the most valuable thing she owned. She had to walk all the way across town and probably to a side of town that she does not belong in, full of people who probably thought she was unclean, who wanted to not not be in a ten foot radius of her. And then she walked into the the most religious person's house, ish, that. <laughs> uh, Lives oh, he was city. definitely religious. Right. Yeah, the city, and being a room full of these people, and then kneel before God, and yeah, and, and then well, and then she cried so much that it wet his feet, and then wiped his feet with her hair. Right, which keeping your hair clean wasn't that really important. Oh, I yeah. mean, can you imagine your hair is literally around your face? And in those days, it's I mean, not clearly, reverent. What? It's not reverent, but you're walking through streets where donkeys are walking and, you know, donkeys poop in streets. Let's just say it, you know, like it's not a clean place to walk. Well, it was Jewish custom, you know, for them to clean their feet before they enter a ho- house. Yeah. So, I mean, I. But still. But maybe, yeah, I would, listen, I would Even not. Even still. And then she was kissing his feet. Right. Well, and, and and it does say, Simon, I have something to say to you. This is after what we just read. And he replied, say it, teacher. And, and so he tells him this parable. And then he says, uh, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. She has not stopped waiting. Uh, so this Pharisee did not honor Jesus like he should have. By by somebody should have washed his feet, you know, it was just customary. Mm-hmm. Didn't do it. You know, they had customary washings of your hands, for instance, before you could eat with like the whole eggshell and you poured it here and poured it there and wiped and did the thing and all the stuff. This lady. So and and so I just have to say and that we have to have a view in the church. And this starts with us mm-hmm. as pastors of the church. Um men of our house that our Bible reading time is reverent. Mm-hmm. Our prayer time is reverent. Our um, church attendance is reverent. Like for me, my children need to know that church is important. Mm-hmm. Sunday mornings are, is the best day of the week. Yep. Um, they need to know, let's say this, it's not a shot. Like they know we get there early. Mm-hmm. We sit in the pew. Mm-hmm. Like we, or, it's not pews anymore. We sit where the pews used we to be. We sit in the chair, the <laughs> row of chairs. Yeah. Um, of soft, fluffy chairs. Yeah, they're nice. And But we sit there, and, and my daughters listen to worship rehearsal. They see me talk to people, and they understand that this is not just what dad does, but this is what dad thinks is important. 
Mm-hmm. So in turn, hopefully they think that it's important. And then your attitude about going in there too, because they know about how your attitude is from the time you walk out the store right. until you get to church. Right. Because I've heard some people where we do campus ministry say, my parents hated going to church, but we went anyway. Right. Yeah. You know, and so now they're like, why would I go? Yeah. It is. I mean, and so that's the thing is that what are you doing? And that's the thing. Like, so, and like, I sit there and I, and I say, I, I understand both the glasses, both plates at the table. I, I see where we're at. Um, but I've been convicted more and more about this for about, since about September on, um, is that we don't treat God as God. We treat God as buddy. Um, not buddy the elf, but, buddy. <laughs> but, we, but we treat God as, 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 as friend and not as king. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talk about him in this lackadaisical language and we talk about him and, um, we don't care for our theology's right or wrong. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like Ben and I care for our theology. That's why we bash it out all the time. <laughs> but people's like, you know what? It's just a secondary issue and we move on. No, I, I want to, not for me, I want to, I want to know who Jesus is, right? Mm-hmm. I want to worship the true King and I want to read his true word with the understanding. And so attend church with an anticipation, not what can the church do for me, but what can I do for the church and what can, um, you know, I'm going to be there for the word of God. Don't miss. I mean, mm-hmm. for stupid reasons, of course. I mean, if you're just sitting at home on a Sunday morning, like, I'll just catch it online. You didn't attend church. Yeah. You listen to, you listen to a really good podcast sermon, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's be present. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. I, and like the president, don't like him. He shows up. You're going, mm-hmm. you know, Joe, uh, put your political view aside. Joe Biden's showing up to our church tomorrow. Yeah. We're going. And I'm going to dress up. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to look, I'm going to shave. I don't know if I'd shave, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to shave my beard off, but you know, like I'm going to trim my beard. I'm going to look nice. Probably going to get a haircut. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to treat that with reverence. You know, and I always used, to, and I always used to say, and Chris is going to listen to this and laugh because I literally just had an argument with him about this, this this last year. But like, I used to have the people. Well, it didn't really matter, and it doesn't, to a sense, a dress code in church. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. <clears throat> Not saying that you should wear a three piece suit. I'm just saying you shouldn't look like scum, right? And so like, don't wear what you'd wear to the gym. You know what I'm saying? You honor God through your dress, just like you honor God through everything. Right. I used to ask my mom when I was a kid, because sometimes she would let me, because I grew up in Indiana, where it's the land of snow and cold in the (laughs) wintertime. And my mom would sometimes let me wear dress pants, which was kind of seen at that time as a no-no. And I was like, why do women have to wear dresses? Like to church or whatever. And she goes, really, honestly, it doesn't matter that you wear a dress or not. She said, but you should probably wear your best clothing because you're showing how important God is Mm. to you, that you honor him so much that you want to wear your nicest outfit. And I still take that today as like, I go and find like my really nice jeans that whatever is nice to you, you wear that. Exactly. If it's a clean shirt, Wear the clean shirt, you know. That was the point. Of, yeah, I was about to make. Listen, if you're if you're homeless and and you're like, listen, I, these are my church clothes. Like I, I that I don't wear it throughout the week, and I try to keep clean for the. 
man, do what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's if that's in the summertime, that's your basketball shorts and your t-shirt. Bring them. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. God, and the Bible says that men judge the outside and God judges the inside. Yep. Um, I do see the point that the outside reflects what's in the inside. I get that. Um, for us, if that slacks in a, in a collared shirt, okay. You know, like if you're coming from work. Well, if that's your conviction, do it. Right. And so I, and yeah, I get it, it. And like you, if you're coming from work and you don't have enough time to change, it's more important that you're at church. Right. So it's not, the point of it is it's not the dress code because it's not. It's just how do you view God at church? Mm-hmm. That's the point that is being made here. Yeah. So let's stop making about dress. Mike, let's, let's just quit making about dress. And let's talk about your reverence. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if we deal with the reverence problem, the hard issue will be fixed. Yeah. And so that's why when I was churches, I I listened to a pastor preach on this the other day. It was about dress code (laughs) and he made some good points. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that he didn't, but stop talking about dress code and let's talk about reverence. And then if you have a feeling that you have a, a, a two lacks of a dress in your church, then that should fix it. Mm -hmm. If people listen. Um, And so the, I just hope people do that in 2024. I hope people, because listen, 2024 is going to be rocky. Mm-hmm. It's a presidential election year. Listen, <laughs> we're, not, year. we're not speaking that into existence, Hunter. Let's, let's go into it with it's, a positive mindset. Oh, okay. It's going to be absolutely positive. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> terrible. No, but listen, election years are always terrible. You, the They're anger, spicy. Anger, frustration, deceit. I mean... Political ads, people, come on. You hate political ads. I hate political ads. Everyone hates political ads. And, yeah, then you have the bickering up to the election, then you have the bickering after the election. Just know, if this is just getting your Bible, we hardly watch the news anymore, and that's crazy because it was always on in my house. Mm -hmm. Watch the, just read your Bible, spend time with God, and listen, it all works out in the wash. And... You would be surprised what you figure out if you do that. Yep. So, so question. Yes. And would you call it a Hunter's Random question? That's the wrong one. That one. He don't even know. I don't even know, so I would have been fine with <laughs> the Hunter's Random question. I thought, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Dina, don't start. It's going to be a little of both, yes. So yes. We, we we at first called it what? Hunter and uh, Dina's. Dina and Hunter's fun-filled function is what I yeah. called it. Function? <laughs> that was the only word that I could think of to start with F that meant that. I said facsimile. That means to be the same, and you're not the same. Anyway, it was. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do what I do. Uh, um, okay, so I want to know our individual um, New Year's resolutions for the year. And then we'll talk about the podcast. Yes. Do we want to talk about the fun facts of what people did for last year? What sure. Pe- what people, sure, I don't care. And then we'll move into what we're going to do. So we talked a little bit, and it's kind of going backwards just a little bit. So we kind of talked about... Um, Wait, that. is this Adina's fun fact? Adina's fun fact. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just having fun with sound. You've had so many of them now, I can't remember which one is my sound. But (laughs) Hunter laughs because it's true. So this is kind of talking back to what I was kind of talking about, about, you know, it revolving around something self-centered. But uh, I think this came from Forbes. So they interviewed like a thousand people or whatever about what 
their New Year's resolution was for 2023. And like most people said that improving mental health was the most important thing for them. Mm. Like that was the, for sure, the biggest uh, one on here. And then like that was almost 50% for all age ranges. Yeah was improving mental health. Um, the next two that were pretty, well, there was three kind of about the same one, improve diet, improve fitness and lose weight, Mm -hmm. which is, that's always seems to be, I've already seen the ads all over Instagram Yep. and they caught me today because I was like, what? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like that sounds kind of cool. And I was like, no, no. And then, um, improve finances and then make more time for loved ones was the next highest. Mm. So it's good. Yep. And I would argue that making more time for loved ones, at least I feel like I don't that think one's not so, as, so yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I just say one thing about the mental health one? Get it. The only thing that I have a problem with, with the mental health, uh, uh, resolution is that most people are like, I want to improve my mental health. And you know how they do that? They sit on the couch and they eat Cheetos and they watch TV. And that is that that does not help your mental health in the least. I'm just telling you, if you're out there right now and you're like, I want to make a, a mental health resolution, cool, do that. But don't do it by sitting on the couch and eating Cheetos and watching TV. What do you that do on your mental health day? Does not. He sits on the couch, watch TV, and eats ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it does not help you to sit on the couch, eat Cheetos, and watch TV. We would, I would argue that. If you're dealing with like mental exhaustion, one of those days could help, but not if you're struggling with some mental depression or like a chronic mental illness that you probably, yes, yep. I would agree. You, you know what most experts would agree on that you should do if exercise. you need to increase your, increase your mental health? Exercise is one, yes. Eating healthy is oh. another. Praying is another. Um, <clears throat> what they would tell you to do is to devote your life to a cause outside of yourself. That's number one. And so what does that mean? If it means doing some sort of service project for the homeless, that increases your mental health almost always. Um, Getting up, getting dressed, getting out of bed and having a purpose Mm -hmm. increases your mental health 10 times more than sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and watching TV. I wish I had the research in front of me, but there is a ton of research that says reading your Bible daily and praying daily increases your overall health dramatically. Um, Because Have you ever realized this when you're sick, though? And you get up and you feel like poop mm-hmm. and you, then you go shower. Mm-hmm. Just how much better you feel. Yes. Like, so thank God for the spouses who make them, make them like, hey, get up, you know, mm-hmm. change your clothes like, and shower. Yeah. You feel 10 times better. Yeah. You may still be sick, but gosh. So it's just a point that you're making. Do something. Well, it, devote yourself. And so it leads back into what our resolution is going to be in light of what we've talked about already, which is how do we honor God more in our resolutions? And I'll guarantee that if your resolution, if you want to improve your mental health, the first and best thing you can do is to devote yourself to a higher calling, a higher power, a higher authority, something outside of yourself. Because our culture says we should look in. Right. But statistically, that movement started around the 19... It depends on how you identify it, but around the 1950s, 60s. Our mental health has never been worse from the time that look inside of yourself to find yourself started being a thing. Right. So, 
but we've and also since the fifties on, we've declined in Christianity in the nation. We have, but we and because we've been focused on ourselves, right? When you look outside yourself, that's the thing that most people don't realize is in order to do the thing that you want, you have to force yourself to get up off the couch, stop eating the Cheetos, stop watching the TV, and focus on something that's bigger and better and more powerful. And that was Ben's very political correct way of saying repent and believe the gospel. That, yes. <laughs> Actually, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. And I'm not being politically correct about it at all. You should repent and believe the gospel. <laughs> So, with that being said, what are our New Year's resolutions that are going to honor God and the things he does? Dina, go first. Why me? Because we always go first, and then you're always like, oh, you're talking mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I would like to read at least one book each month. Like, not just like necessarily, like, for, I don't, even though I'm a librarian, you would think that I make time to read. I don't. I'm really good at reading so much of a book figuring out what the whole book is about and not reading the book again. So, and trying another one. So how is that going to honor God? So I do want to read more because I've really enjoyed with KSOM this year, mm. Kentucky school of ministry reading, um, several books that I probably would not have read mm. otherwise, like, especially the book about the history of the old Testament, which was probably one of the thickest books that I had to read was incredibly amazing to me. Mm. And, I don't know. I just thought beforehand, like, I don't know. I'm not that amazing that I would really necessarily understand this book. And I did, you know, so challenging myself to read other books that I wouldn't normally mm. do, like religious type books, not just my Harry Potter books. Yeah. So There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that that actually is going to be a very hard resolution for me to do because I don't make time. And that also kind of goes along with the whole, I want to make more time to pause and rest, I guess, is maybe the right word to use because I'm so, I'm one of those people that will always say yes to everything mm -hmm. because I like being around people yep. and I like the praise that goes along with that too yep. of like helping and you know feeling like we achieved a huge goal together and and all of that I just love all of that stuff and so learning to say no sometimes so that I can actually be energized and want to be <laughs> actually be there for whatever it is that I've said yes to does mm. that make sense oh yeah that's good so because I feel like by the end of the semester I'm just barely hanging on mm. You know, between school, Chi Alpha, church, everything. Like, I'm just ready to take a nice month-long break of doing nothing and seeing nobody. So. Yep. Yep. Hunter? <clears throat> um, I think we talked about mine pretty much the whole podcast, but it's literally to remain and and keep and help and minister an atmosphere of reverence. Um, not just in my house, but in church, work, just everywhere um and how to do that without being legalistic and how to do that without uh making them and not being too flimsy to make a mockery of god um so yeah so how are you going to measure that so that you know that you've achieved that goal um is it a measurable goal i don't know if it is <laughs> I, I i don't know i think that people um around you will be able to tell the difference um, one, I think your family will be able to tell the difference. We see each other 
mm-hmm. all the time. So, uh, <clears throat> I think, I think the way that this podcast will turn out will be different. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we can listen to the difference of just how we talk about the Bible will be different. Um, if we just think every time we sit down in front of these microphones, so like this is like how are we reverently going to talk about God's word today? Um, and so in all that, which I think was like, this one was a great one. And so like in this, just how like how does minor things change like and I still got to work all of that out and I think that that's going to be a process to, because this is a what I think I hate about resolutions is it's like it's a one year thing and then you stop mm-hmm. the, like these things like with the health thing is a lifetime change and so so you're always tweaking to figure out what works and what doesn't work um, but I think those are the best resolutions and so that's that's pretty much it is and I think to be more um, present football's over for me coaching football I'm done with that. Um, just cause like, praise the Lord. Uh, and so being just being pre- more present, um, you know, I've done pretty good ever since COVID to not be over in, like involved in everything. I was very involved in everything before COVID mm-hmm. and then this, people kind of forgot that I did things mm-hmm. <laughs> during COVID. So those two years was really nice. I can, now I just, I'm like, yeah, sorry, I can't. Um, and I had children in that time too. So that kind of helped. They're a very good excuse. They are. <laughs> um, so yeah, so just just making time to be present with my kids and to be a spiritual presence with my kids, not just be a, a physical body here. That's good. So for me, um, I have two. So I'm kind of with you, Hunter, on the on the one. Um, I wanna I wanna honor God more. I, I guess it's hard to articulate, but I want to remember that God's a real being um, when I do things. So before I pray, I want to stop myself. Even like, like today, I, I blessed my food three times. Every one of those times was, Lord, we just ask that you bless this food in the name of Jesus. Amen. Like more ritualistic. It was, yeah, it was more ritualistic. And so what I want to do is I want to remember that God's a real person. So when I speak to him, I don't just say the same thing over and over and over again. Now, sometimes meals can be that way. Right. Um, but at the same time, I, I want to at least remember that I'm speaking to a real person, even if it is the same word sometimes. Right. Um, remember that you talk to a God who listens. Yes. And cares. And is, yes. Yeah. And well, would yeah. I speak to him if I was face to face with him? Would I speak to him in the same way that I, like sometimes when I pray, I, my mind trails off and I go to something else. And then I come back and I'm still on the same thing I was praying for 30 minutes ago because my mind trailed off. Right. You feel like whenever you fall asleep and you're praying and you wake up and you realize that you didn't say amen, you feel like you have to say amen to like hang up. Do you ever do that? Uh, Have you ever caught yourself doing that? No. Not really. I don't know. I I do that sometimes. (laughs) Because I don't, I mean, it's not like a phone call. Like I don't have to hang it up. Sorry, God, didn't mean to leave you on hold. (laughs) But I have felt that way when I've been like, like driving in the car, for instance, and like I'm on my way to work and I'm like praying. You know, I didn't finish my prayer that morning, so I'm like praying, you know, and I'm like stuff and things and Lord, we just thank you. And then I'm like, and then I start thinking about my work day mm-hmm. and I'm just mind just trails away, you know, so that that's a problem that I, I don't like. So anyway, number one, I want to remember that God's a real person. Number two, <clears throat> I have a tendency to make myself so busy that I neglect my own wife and I'm not looking at her at this particular moment because she's over there probably going, yes, he does. Um... <laughs> Tina's like, ah, maybe. So, <laughs> She's like, I like my alone time, so it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. 
Well, there went my alone time. <laughs> She's like, I ain't going to get those books right now. <laughs> I'll let you read your books. But I want to I wanna try to be um, just more present for Dina in some of the things that we do. And so one of the things that that involves is like just leaving my phone put away. Like right now I'm using it because I'm using it for a plan. But I don't remember. I was like, I can't remember. I don't know how it came about, but I saw this thing. It was Simon Sinek, and he was talking about when people have their phone, like even like just to take it out of their pocket and sit it on the table in front of them. And I do that often because my phone is big enough that it pokes me in the leg when I sit down. Um, But he's like, you know, just the fact that it's on the table. He said, just look at the difference when we put our put our phones on the table in front of us. It makes make you feel like you, not me, makes you as my audience or whatever, the person I'm spending time with, feel like, oh, there's something more important than what I'm doing right now with you. Right. And so the phone needs to just go away. Which, like, I mean, you have a smartwatch, so it helps that. Smartwatch has to go away. Well, but I'd say same same difference. If I'm looking at you, and the entire time I'm looking at you, I'm looking at my watch. Well, I think that the point is, though, if, if an emergency arose, like Dina's calling you for the fifth time. Yeah. Your phone's now not the problem you know what i'm saying yeah like you're you're not constantly doing that well even like just to keep it put away you know like right. when i'm on a date with her i don't need to have my phone out Mm-mm. it can stay in the car who else is going to call you if like, somebody needs me that bad they'll call dina eventually if they don't get a hold of me right. you know um so anyway just one of those things right um so i want to be more present in my relationship with god and i want to be more more present in my relationship with my wife right um those are the big ones for me um, in, in the book that I just listened to by John Lovell, he talks about the four, the four pillars of the table, the four legs of the table. Um, you know, it's emotional, it's physical, it's spiritual, and it is, uh, m- mental. Um, and he talks about those things and how, and I actually heard this from somebody else too, the way that they phrased it was what in the, in your life could take you out of the game? Mm. Um, well, obviously if God's the most important thing to me then my relationship with God could take me out of the game. Mm-hmm. Another thing that easily can take you out is your relationship with your spouse. And so that's really important. So, you know, just the, like your point though, like what's to say something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And I call you, yeah. um, there is nothing really in this world. Cause we'll say, how long do y'all, if you go on a date, what you're in, you're in the restaurant 35 to 45 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that can't wait an hour realistically yeah you know what i'm saying like if somebody died they're still gonna be dead in an hour <laughs> like what's people i'm not joking like what's this i mean be realistic yeah like and if i'm in berea and i blew a tire i'll still be sitting there in an hour <laughs> like yeah it's just realistic like mm-hmm. um so and i can't remember i think i think this was vody bockham who was talking about the biggest thing and my my wife and i do this a lot we have children Right, so eight o'clock on is the time that I really get to spend time with her. Yeah, without my children, I always being like, "That's my mom. Don't touch her. Don't, don't talk to her. Don't yeah. look at her." <laughs> so, um, yep. so my phone, like, when, like when it's bed, and we like watch a movie or whatever. Like you said, it goes on silent or whatever. Yep. And if somebody needs to get home, either, well, I'll, I'll see it in the morning, mm-hmm. or I'll see it right before bed or something like it. Nothing. Yep. You know, like I'm the pastoral care guy. So if somebody's in the mm-hmm. hospital, they'll still be in the hospital at 945 when I go to bed. Like That's it's, 
this is the most important thing. Yep. You, you know what I'm saying? So like that. Yeah. Don't feel bad. Yep. Don't like. And and I, whenever he taught on that, I was like, man, because we have this natural guilt mm-hmm. that we have to be there for everybody at all times. Yep. And our phone. And I try to tell uh, Chris this a thousand times. Put the phone away. Yeah. And he's gotten a lot better at this over mm-hmm. the years. So it's like, uh, quit, quit. Don't do it with my phone calls. <laughs> but I'm like, just take time. Yep. To, to be with your family, be with your kids, and the, man, those notifications right there will pop up whenever you're done. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you know, there's a there's you can always check it at some point, right? But when I'm with her, I'm with her, right? You know, um, I don't have to be looking at this this thing all the time. I'm not. I don't have to be attached to this thing all the time. I took off, um, and I felt guilty about it, but I took off, and I took Dina to her MRI appointment. Uh, a couple weeks ago, right? And I was like, you know, there's so much going on at work and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And you know what's cool about it is, well, it's not cool at all, actually. Um, number one, well, what is cool is I have people at work who, t- who take it for, like, they can, they are, they do not need me to be there. Right. I feel like they do. They don't need me there. They have, they've totally got all that on their own without me. Number one. Number two, she had like, they had like, we talked about this on the podcast. They like poked her with a bunch of needles and like her hands were all bruised and stuff. And if I had not taken her, I would have felt 10 times worse for not going with her than I would have for the work that I had to do that day. Right. Um, you know, like, and so. <laughs> Even though you were like, I don't know that I can take off. I didn't. That was the thing. Like, you know, there's all this stuff going on. But at the end of the day, you know what? She is more important. And there may be times when I have to say, I'm sorry, I can't. You know, there are still boundaries. However, um, I have to keep my priorities as my priorities. Right. And my priorities are God and everything it takes to keep him first. Family, work, and that includes ministry. You know, like on down the list. Right. Um, I have to keep my priorities as what they are. Right. To and that's what, you know, and again, you know, you hear these and these sermons have come out. It's just seemed to be, it seemed to be the topic of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Driscoll hit it. Uh, Steve Austin was hitting them. Uh, Vody Bauckham was hitting them. It was like biblical manhood, biblical fam- family, biblical womanhood, like all these things. And so it's like, yeah, man, if the, if the job inside the church is going to, is causing problems between you and your wife, <laughs> That's the thing that you reconcile first, mm-hmm. because that's the thing that you made a covenant with your, with between you and God, and then her. Um, so, and that is just uh, that's a big one, and it's something that we all need to keep in mind. And that uh, we sometimes, as you know, you and I go to work, and they go to work, and whatever. Um, it's like us for us it's a separate box right mm-hmm. we talked about this last week yeah and i'm at work there's certain times in the day that i call it's like 10 and like two mm-hmm. and that's because that box opens up at 10 and two and then i get to call and then other than that like i am hunter who does this and nothing else exists mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so and and i have been saying this a lot more i this is a paycheck i leave at this time and it does not follow me out of here mm-hmm. Um, which means does, don't let your job hinder when you're there, but the things at home are way more important. Yeah. And you have to remember that you work for your job like you work for Jesus. That's right. is, that is important. But I also, when I'm with her, I'm with her. Do well in what you do. Yes. But also just remember the important things. Yes. Honor God in what you do, no matter if it's family, work, whatever. Honor God in. So. And so, so I am really excited about this, and this is for the podcast, uh, and we've all kind of decided to do this. Yes. <clears throat> Didn't really give them a choice. That's <laughs> good. I sovereignly. I have no elected. idea what it is. So I sovereignly elected. 
Or did the Lord sovereignly elect it? Because you don't sovereignly elect anything. Maybe, I guess. Shut up. Uh, (laughs) um, But we are starting a Bible reading plan. And so we found one online Mm -hmm. and um i'll make it pretty and i'll post it on facebook and instagram yay so so what we're going to do is is every so every day there's certain chapters in the bible that you have to read to accomplish a whole um in a whole year you'll read the bible one time through so the goal is not to just post this and be like hey guys you should do this and then leave you alone is that the people here at the ultra podcast and our guests will do this with us um so um, I think like day one is Genesis one through three. So, I mean, yes, you can read three chapters of the Bible in a day. I promise it won't kill you. It takes you 10 minutes. Right. What well, will you sit down and, and do even if minutes? you're driving the entire day, guess what? The Bible app will read it to you it yeah, in a British accent. If you so choose. That's <laughs> I wish was, is there not a pirate accent? Cause I feel like that would be cool. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll look and see. And so, so but here's the thing is that. It's a chronological Bible study, uh, Bible Bible reading plan. Um, so it, it helps you with the story of Israel in the Old Testament. Um, you know, because you read sometimes you read the things and you're like, wait, does this already happen? <laughs> like, I'm a little confused. That you'll you'll be like in the middle of Isaiah and then you'll read something like First Chronicles. I don't know. I yep. didn't read the plan, but like you'll be like you'll read like. I think because like you read Genesis all the way up to like Genesis eight, and then you read the whole book of Job, mm-hmm. right? So it breaks up some monotony. Yep. Um, and then you then you read it's the whole book of Exodus, and it's the whole book of Leviticus, and then like it starts. Um, so you'll read different things, and it's really nice. And then when you get to the Gospels, you'll read Matthew. Uh, you'll read one text in Matthew, but you'll also read one chapter in Luke, because it's chronological. It's all about the times that these things happen. Um, which is going to be really cool. So the people here at the Coast of the Ultra Podcast will be doing this along with you, and we want you to do this along with us. And not only, so when we, we'll talk about this on the podcast, so w- the week's worth of reading, we, I would like to say that we've taken, we can just make, maybe make three main points of what we read. I mean, if they're, if they're huge texts, like obviously if they're like major highlighted texts, we can make podcasts about them entirely. But It will be like 24 chapters-ish, 21 chapters a week. Yeah. So I mean, it's no nothing to sneeze at. However, yeah. again, it's ten to twelve minutes of reading a day, a day, and that's it. You do that on Facebook if you. Yeah, hundred percent. But here's what you have to do in order to be successful: you have to plan it, you have to build it in, not tag it on. Right. And so, if you're going to do this, you should do it in a way where you, I have planned to do this. It is in my day during this time, and nobody gets to take that away from me. Lunch break at work, great time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the morning when you get up, great time to do it. But build it in, don't tag it on. For me, I'm a checkbox, post-it note kind of person. So I already plan on making myself like this little checkbox thing of like either crossing it off, marking it off, checkboxing it off. You know, because yep. even if like I'm human, I might miss a day on here, but I'll just make it up the next day. Yeah. And if you read four chapters instead of three, you'll, right. you'll make it up. Yeah. And if you're like my mother, who cannot stand the fact that I tell her that she should start at the beginning of the Bible and read all the way to the end, um, that's fine. If this isn't for you, you don't have to do this. Just do something that gets mm-hmm. you in the Bible every day. And for those of you who um, attend real life, October and November is going to be the book of Matthew. It is. So uh, we should But it's finishing. also John and Luke. And, well, yeah. yeah. But like... 
We'll still be we'll in have- Matthew in October <laughs> and November. So, according to the Pastor Chris calendar, it's supposed to end right after Easter. The glory be to God. So, and and, and also the thing is too is that we want to be more personable with you through this on Facebook and then I don't think I'll do Instagram but Facebook if Dina wants to post up there she can uh, <clears throat> but like and I, I foresee this being pro- Ben and it gets busy through Chi Alpha season so I see this for f- being me more likely than not one time a week just encouraging you just to, to, to do this and to stay with you while doing it um, and so hopefully they keep me accountable to do that and so <clears throat> the point is is that we we want to be more personal with you we want you and then the, theoretically the podcast has talked about the entire word of god in the course of 2024 yep. we have encompassed the entire bible in 2024 and so that goes really well with trying to keep it reverent you know and i mean we won't be able to hit cover Everything. Well, we won't talk about everything, but you have read the entire Bible in 2024. And then we, when we come and talk talk about it in the podcast, we will highlight the sections. Like, yeah, sometimes, like Ben says, 21 chapters a week. We're not going to talk about all 21 chapters that week. <laughs> but we will say, what did you gain from your reading this week? And then so you will go back and you can say, hey, these are the things that really impacted me mm-hmm. through this week. Yep. And you're not going to talk about all 21 chapters. You may talk about only three chapters. But... You read the entire Bible, and I think that's really cool. Um, we we won't do this every year. We'll do something different next year. Um, but I think that we we've last year we encouraged you to read the Bible. We talked about how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to do this, how to live a Christian life. Now it's time to put our money where our mouth is mm-hmm. and help you do this. Yep. So do it with us. And if you're out there and you're like, I'm going to do it. When Dina posts the stuff on Instagram and, and Facebook, comment on the stuff. Let us know you're doing it. Yeah. Send us messages to the Alter Podcast page, Alter Podcast email address, Alter Podcast whatever. Send us a postcard. We have a P.O. box. It's somewhere. I don't even remember. So. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. But, um, yeah, like like it, share it so that other people can see it too. Yep. And, you know, and like, so, cause us doing this is a lot of work. We do our own Bible readings. We do our own study life, but. Well, this is going to be my own day Bible reading. Right. You know. And so. Yeah, this will be mine too. So, but we, you also study the Bible for Chi Alpha. For Chi Alpha, And yes. then sermon sermons. Yep, and all that stuff. So, so listen, we understand that it gets to be a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we'll be t- talking about it on the podcast and then we'll be making Facebook videos about it. So we get it. Yep. Um, but listen, we just like we talked about, who is your audience? Do you believe this is the word of God? Do you believe this was God breathed before the foundation of the earth? If you do, and if you're like, yeah, Hunter, I, I believe that, and we got it, you won't be griping. That's true. Uh, let me tell you, the first thing I, th- I thought when I looked at this was Genesis again. <laughs> you know what? It is the word of God. God breathes, and I'm going to get something new out of it. And even if I don't. I'm going to be reminded that God's awesome. I've so. literally studied uh, Exodus from Novi- from uh, what was it October, November, and December, and I'm like, man, I got to do it again. <laughs> God breathe. Hey, God breathe. Uh, and every time I read that book, I learn something new. Yep. So God breathe. That's what the funny part is about reading the Bible is you always catch something again. Yep. And, and I'm like, excited. Oh. <laughs> and I've never read it in this chronological fashion. So yep. I'm super. I'm excited, excited for that. Yep. So Ben, close us out. Love you guys. I hope you all have a great day. Thanks for sticking with us for as long as you have. Come and check out. Happy New Year. Come and check out the Altered Podcast reading plan that will be released to you soon. And we will catch you next time. 
thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to join us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week. Thank <laughs> you.